0: Talk Radio. You are listening to Roll the Quadcast, a Blogger So Dear podcast where little old Charlie Brown is still trying to kick that football. Blogger So Dear is the go-to website for the best independent analysis of Wake Forest athletics. Welcome to another live edition of Roll the Quadcast. I'm Robert Reinhardt here on Sunday, August 27th, 2017. Normally, I am joined by my wonderful co host, Riley Johnston. Uh, He's unable to join us this evening, as is fellow contributor Bart Johnston. So, you're going to have a one man pod here this evening. We're going to see how it goes. Uh, Sort of a throwback to some of the Facebook Live videos that I used to do. So, I'm going to try and channel. My inner calling cowherd this evening. Uh, and, but I think it's still going to be a great show, even though there haven't been any games played in football yet. A lot of exciting news and things to talk about. Um, we're going to go over the brand new football depth chart that was just released on Friday. We're going to look ahead a little bit to Presbyterian uh, as the Deeks kick off the season, Dave Clausen's fourth year on Thursday evening. And then not to be forgotten last, but certainly not least, we will go over the Jalen Hoard commitment who committed to Wake Forest Saturday afternoon, a major recruiting win for Danny Manning and his staff. But we will start with the football depth chart that was released on Friday. And it's the football depth chart for, for week one, so it can obviously change throughout the season. But I think the big news here is that John Wolford has officially been named the starting quarterback over Kendall Hinton Kendall Hinton was the starter going into camp, and I think a lot of people expected it expected him uh, to win the job and and didn't think it was as much of a competition but I will say John Wolford earned this job and you know there are two camps there's the pro Hinton side, there's the pro. Uh, Wolford's side, and in our discussions previously, Riley has always been the more pro, pro-Wolford of, of the two of us. I've been more pro-Hinton. Uh, but what I will say is that John Wolford absolutely deserved this based on his play in the scrimmage. Scrimmage is, I should say. Clawson had no choice, in my opinion, but to go with John Wolford. He was clearly the superior quarterback based on the statistics throughout all three scrimmages, throwing for more yards with more accuracy, higher yards per attempt. And yes, while Kendall Hinton was at a disadvantage in that his number one strength of, of being an elusive runner was not able to be utilized because of how the game was played in terms of that the quarterbacks couldn't be tackled, I think even so... Wolford was still clearly the superior quarterback. And in terms of uh, having, I think, the respect of, of the team, Clawson had to go with John Wolford as the starting quarterback. So we will see. Last year, Wolford was also the starting quarterback for the first game of the season, though he was also the starter headed into fall camp, even though it was a competition. Uh, and we saw that Kendall Hinton was really needed to win that ugly opening game against Tulane. And then Win the follow, following week against Duke. Uh, Wolford simply wasn't getting it done there, and then Hinton earned the job, only to get injured that very game against Delaware, and then essentially be out for the season with a knee injury. Um, when when Wolford took over again, but based on the the injury history of both, I think we're going to need both throughout the year, and you know I expect Hinton to play absolutely on Presbyterian. I think pretty much the entire team is going to play outside of. Obviously, people that Clawson intends to redshirt this year, but it's going to be interesting that Boston College game week two, uh, a very good defense. Is Wake able to successfully move the ball? Does Hinden come in? Do we see Hinden in specific packages? I don't know. I think that's going to be interesting to see, but just wanted to break down really a lot of the depth chart. I won't go position by position, uh, but I'm going to call out some, some general themes uh, that I'm seeing. And I think the general theme that I see, and it's a testament to uh, how much better the team has gotten overall in Clawson's four years and now his fourth year here, when you look at the depth chart, is that you know, early on, you really just didn't see he, he inherited a roster that that was not very talented on the defensive side. They were, but offensively, just um, absolutely awful. All, all the stats, both standard, counting stats and advanced stats will back that up, um, but you had players then, you know, in his in his second year where you say, okay, this guy could be a player, and he was a starter, but you were counting on him. Well, now what you have are a lot of fairly proven guys winning the, the top jobs, um, and but then you have those X factors coming in behind them, so I think Look, you go right down to the tailback position. Starting tailback, Cade Carney, followed by Matt Colburn. We saw what those guys were able to do last year, both able to be productive players. Carney is as a true freshman last year, and Colbert improving as a a true sophomore last year. Um, Both had, you know, very solid years. Now, at third string, you have Arkeem Bird, who's somebody we've we've heard a lot about, a a big recruiting win uh, for the staff, somebody who's got... uh, chance to be a real speedster can hit a few home runs and he's he's going to be our third string so you know a few years ago we would have been counting on an Arkeem Bird to potentially come in and and start and we would have been all x-factor there we're now we're pretty much just all upside uh, with, with Arkeem Bird because if he's only but so good we can still rely on Carney and Colburn and then I think you know moving down you see that in the wide receiver positions as well Scotty Washington was a redshirt freshman last year uh com who does a phenomenal job over there would strongly recommend i think he's got a lot of position previews going out there and they are they are free to the best of my knowledge so you should you should subscribe to the site um, has been saying all month uh, what a job Scotty Washington has done and there he went in and for the ex receiver position beat out Cortez Lewis Cortez Lewis is a guy who two years ago, not very long ago, uh, was Wake Forest leader in receptions, receiving yards, and tied for the team lead and touchdowns. So now we have someone who's fairly proven backing up someone who's beating out someone who was proven. So I think that's exciting. I said I wasn't going to go line by line, but it sort of just happens this way. Uh, then you look at the slot Tabari Hines. Um, who did actually lead the team in receptions and reception yards last year um, is starting in the slot. That may not come as a huge surprise, but it it somewhat does considering uh, the phenomenal things we've heard about Greg Dortch and the stats that we've seen from Greg Dortch. He's an electrifying player. He's going, he can score in multiple ways. He can go get him the ball in space, get him the ball as a runner. And so I think it says a lot that despite all of the, you know, praise that that Dorch was receiving during the month of August, uh, Tabari Hines was still able to to beat him out. So I don't view that as a slight on Dorch. I view that more as a compliment to Hines and and where the position is going. Um, and then I think you look at the offensive line. Uh, Jake Benzinger ended up beating out Javante Nash for that right tackle position. That was really the Uh, the biggest battle, but I I think that's encouraging. And then you look at all the other starters, all redshirt juniors, um, three years of starting experience between Haran, Haynes, and and Anderson. So, well, this will be their third year starting, I should say. So uh, a lot of excitement there. Uh, I think the communication is going to be better. I think the strength is going to be better. Overall, this should be the best uh, offensive line that, that Wake Forest has had under, under Clawson's tenure. And I think that's certainly part of the reason uh, you've seen our quarterback play struggle. There have been a number of reasons, but, um, you know, not able to to protect long enough for, for our receivers to get open and for our quarterbacks to find the people. So if if that offensive line can be better, then that, that could be uh, a, a lot for the offense. And, and Clawson has said in the past, and he is – again, a, a straight shooter, uh, and we'll tell it like it is, is that he truly believed offensive line would be a position of strength for us one day, and that's what he did when he first got here in his 2014 recruiting class, which he had two months to assemble, is he went and he recruited five offensive linemen because those are the guys you need to develop first. He, he redshirted all of them um, and got them in the strength and conditioning program as soon as possible, and then funneled it in with skill position players uh, in, in subsequent years, and you know, hopefully um, now that a lot of these players are redshirt juniors, uh, we start to see a lot of that effort and a lot of that, that strategy really come true, so and then I think you see similar things on the defensive side of the ball, we've heard a lot of great things about Carlos Boogie Basham at defensive end, um, I think he's able to be a, a nice backup for Duke Edgefor. I mean, that is a great luxury to go from an all ACC player to a high-impact redshirt freshman. Uh, that That's exactly what you want. You, you want your depth chart to have proven veterans and then young but talented players who can come in, get some meaningful reps, and then the year after um, really take over and be more consistent. And then I think you look at the defensive tackle position. Willie Yarberry starting a defensive tackle. Uh, Suleiman Kamara who was one of the higher-rated recruits in last year's recruiting class, was able to redshirt last year, and he is, he's going to give significant backup minutes to Yarberry. So I think that's another thing that you want to see. In the secondary, I, I think there's some cause for concern. Um, a cornerback position, I, I, I would say, because of the lack of depth. Uh, Asan Bassey did beat out Cedric Giles, so I, I think that's a fine two deep right there. Uh, but then at the other cornerback position, Amari Henderson is the starter. Got Sir Taylor, a true freshman, backing him up. Not so. I think that's a case where we're going to miss Deontay Austin. Uh, not necessarily a knock on on any of them. I just think we would want uh, another one of those bodies in there. So we will we will see how that goes. But I think that's just my overall takeaway of the depth chart. Obviously, the quarterback gets gets all of the headlines and. On, on our website as, as well, what, what we wrote about. But um, I think the, the theme other than that is that you're going to have proven players at a lot of the starting roles with upside coming in um, from behind them. So I think, you know, it's, it's going to be an exciting season. And it's going to be exciting to see which of those young guys really, really pop um, as, as the games go on. But speaking of games, our first game, will be Thursday at 6.30 p.m. at BB&T Field. The Wake Forest Demon Deacons will head into Dave Clawson's fourth year in Winston-Salem when they take on the Presbyterian Blue Hose from Clinton, South Carolina. will be the first time that they've played since, I believe, 2010. Um, I wish I should have. I probably should have researched that, to be honest. But the last time they played uh, Wake Forest, absolutely. Uh, demolished them, but you will probably remember that infamous skip pass that, that we saw uh, on the sidelines. Made, made the top plays, but Presbyterian, I know we talk about FCS teams. Not all FCS teams are created equally. Uh, obviously, you hear about the North Dakota states of the world, but even, even Delaware, who was not that brave an opponent last year, is significantly better than this Presbyterian team. Presbyterian a very small school, uh, only about 1,200 students overall. So their entire population is less than a one class at Wake Forest, and Wake Forest is by no means known for its large student body. Um, this is a team that went just two and nine last year, scoring 98 points overall, uh, averaged two yards per rush, um, just five and a half yards per pass attempt 3.9 yards per play um, only seven out of 18 fe- 13 field goals so many thanks to to Edward Foster for compiling those stats in the, in the article that he wrote down I mean I would just say in terms of expectations you're going to want to see excuse me you're going to want to see wake put up a lot of great offensive production I would say you you hope we hang. 40, close to 50. But I think you also want to see us just run some of the most simple uh, base offense that you can see. You do not want to give away anything into next week um, against Boston College because that Boston College game, I think, is, is one of the most important of the season. So I think in terms of looking for what you want to see on the offense, every time we have first trainers out there, and honestly every time we have Kendall Hinton out there as well, along with the majority of first trainers you want to see us move the ball with relative ease. And then when we're on the defensive side of the ball, outside of, you know, some of those fluke plays, as we mentioned with that bounce, bounce pass where you, you get players to believe the game has stopped being played, we should be expecting to stop them every time. If they score more than, honestly, six points, I would outside that would be more troublesome. And and I know that sounds like maybe an exaggeration, but when the defense, when their offense is truly as bad as it was, um, that should be the expectation. If if this team, if Wake's is going to be good enough to go ahead and and get back to a bowl game this year against the schedule that we have, we're going to have to you know, show that we're capable of, of completely shutting this team down. Because if, if we have some issues, um, while there's essentially a zero percent chance that we actually lose this game, uh, that's where I think you get into um, showing some some causes for concern and areas that could be problematic moving forward. But I mean, really, those are just my only thoughts on the game. I would encourage all of you. Uh, who can to get out to the game. I know it can be difficult, especially if you don't live in Winston-Salem to get to the game, but I do like the 6.30 start time. Hopefully, you're able to leave work a little bit early if you're coming from Charlotte or Raleigh. Get there around kickoff time, uh, and then you do have that extra half hour or so since the game starts before 7. Hopefully, get back and be rested up enough um, for work on Friday. So, excited about that, and you know, I I think that's all I'll say about that game. But transitioning a little bit to to basketball now, I, I know we have another uh, BSD recruit record, recruit report podcast as as part of the bloggers to do your podcast network. I, I think those guys do an absolutely phenomenal job. They do a far better job um, than I do in terms of of covering recruiting, but prepare to do another episode. I can't not talk about the Jalen Hoard commitment. Jalen Hoard committed to Wake Forest Saturday afternoon, right around noontime. It was it was a great day, a, a truly great day, a lot of celebratory reaction on Twitter, and, and rightfully so. Uh, Jalen Hoard had took an official visit, an unofficial visit, excuse me, to to Wake Forest on Thursday with his family. And then on Friday, news came out by Evan Daniels of Scout. Of Scout.com, who does a phenomenal job with all things college basketball recruiting, announcing that Jalen Hoard would be announcing his college his college decision on Saturday. And all signs for a long time had pointed to Hoard committing to the to the Demon Deacons. Um, all crystal ball predictions had been for Hoard to wake for a a very long time. I think it just says an outstanding job about what, what Manning has done um, in terms of recruiting, recruiting him and establishing that relationship. And and why are people so excited about Jalen Hoard? Well, he's a damn good basketball player. He's the 25th overall rated player on on Scout.com. He is a five-star, and I consider Scout to be the best basketball recruiting service. Number 19 overall player on ESPN, also a five-star, number 22 in 247 Sports Composite. Last summer when he was playing for France, he is from France initially, though he plays for Wesleyan Christian Academy out there in High Point, but was able to visit campus often. Um, His per 40-minute numbers are are tremendous, 31 points, 7.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists, but PER of over 37 in the Nike EYBL-AAU circuit this past summer. Um, He started off somewhat slow, I think, as he was sort of adjusting to that style of game, but quickly proved to be a very good player for Team CP3, averaged 15 points per game while being efficient and shooting 50% from the field, 6.4 rebounds, a steal, a block. Guy is 6'8", with a 6'11 wingspan, 205 205 pounds, definitely room to get stronger. So he has his entire senior year. And then obviously with, with strength and conditioning coach Ryan, Ryan Horn, I think that could be a, a match made in heaven. If, if he gets his body a, a little bit better, uh, it could be scary. Great length I think he – will come in and start right away on the wing. He's got the ability to play a stretch four if if need be. I think what you're seeing here is that Manning is assembling a team that is going to have the opportunity to have a lot of length and versatility and guys who can, can, can dribble pass and shoot and, and switch multiple positions. I think Ford, if need be, could guard two through four, you know, you pair him with a Shandy Brown on the on the wing. I think those guys could switch a lot. I, I think that's an absolutely dynamic duo right there. Uh, Brown a little bit stronger, but Horde also a great driver and, and a great finisher. He has some some crafty moves uh, that you'll see. Reminds me, he's not as good as. But if you look at at uh, James Harden, honestly, with with some of his crafty footwork, and and both do a great job of <clears throat> of getting to the foul line. So I I think that's just very exciting. And you know we have a number of recruits who we are we are heavily involved with, um, just in terms of the ability to round out this class. Currently, it's it's 14th overall in in scouts' recruiting rankings, and and the ability to move up when you look at um, a you know ao Desuemen a, a top 25 a fringe five star point guard he's taking an official visit to Wake uh, Mike Devoe a a four star point guard he's taking an official visit to Wake Isaiah Amushius, you know a a three slash four who's who's seen himself rise in the recruiting rankings Randolph Childress has been after him for a long time he's <coughs> he's scheduled to take an official visit. Nate Lazowski, a stretch four, think of Dinos Miniglue, but um, I would say more athletic and, and more polished at, at this stage. He, he shot, I believe, 43% from three this summer, has seen his stock absolutely rise, getting offers from Wisconsin, Arizona, Notre Dame, and North Carolina, Wake Forest, um, Eric Bossy of Rivals.com projected that that Wake Forest would ultimately land him. So, We'll see how that goes. I think still a lot of competition here, but uh, Manning can easily point to what he's done with Dino Smiteglue and his role in that offense, seeing him rise, seeing him now get a, a nice contract overseas. And, you know, Luzewski, he could maybe play in the NBA, certainly could develop into a very fine professional somewhere. Um, I think, you know, I think we have a shot with him. So a number of big recruiting recruiting visits over at, September 15th, September 29th, with between homecoming President's Ball as well as a a home game against the Florida State Seminoles. So I think good weekends there uh, for, for bringing in guys. And I think that's, you know, one of these nice opportunities for some synergies between the football and the basketball programs. As you saw the the, the football program rise last year, really. Uh, it's a more enjoyable atmosphere for some of the basketball recruits to go to on some of their official visits throughout the, throughout the fall season and, and for obviously for football recruits. But And then likewise, the basketball team having a number of really good games in, in the January-December time. That's times in, in February when the football staff is bringing in a, a lot of guys, both committed and un, uncommitted, uh, for official visits. So I think anytime you can have a, a good student atmosphere, it's exciting. So I, I'd like to see those programs feed off of one another. And, you know, long ways away, but I, I'm very excited about a potential 2018-2019 team. And that that could be one of our best teams in, in a very long time. You talk about potentially still having Crawford, uh, Shondi Brown, and Jalen Horde. one of the, you know, Maybe two of the four-star power forwards that I mentioned, Amelo Eagleson and Olivier Saar, who should be a lot better to round more, SJM. I mean, I think that could be a team with, again, a lot of length and ability and could be absolutely dynamic. Danny Manning is doing an outstanding job at Wake Forest. Cannot say enough about the job that that he and his staff have done so far, bringing us out of, of where we were. We were pretty much stagnant for his first two years, but I think that was really just a matter of him having to deal with some of the players he inherited and, and get his guys in. And a lot of the guys he brings in, I think the one key word you look for is just versatility guys who can play multiple positions, defend multiple positions, can shoot, pass, and dribble and, and enable floor space. You know, I think that's something he really values and, and he really understands with, with the game and those are, and he's been able to bring those kinds of players in. So I I'm very excited. I can't say enough about the job that, that he is doing and will continue to do. And, you know, obviously he, he's done a great job with that, but uh, also, you know, would want to thank guys like Mitch Shaw, Ben Sutton, Bob McCreary on the football side, who have done um, just been incredibly generous with them <clears throat> Donating a lot of money, a lot of time to to fundraising efforts to put forth uh, the athletic facilities that will make us, you know, competitive um, moving moving forward and and can actually be an area of positive differentiation and not just an area where where we're severely lacking. So I'm I'm very excited about that. I think this basketball program is definitely headed in a, a very positive direction to this year could be interesting um, with, with what we do with the, at the power forward position, excuse me, but uh, a manageable schedule to certainly get back to the, uh, to the NCAA tournament, hopefully at least the, the NIT. And, you know, I think if you look at what Manning's done, you know, this is how you build the program. You start with an unbelievable you know, relatively unbelievable class with with Crawford, Daryl Moore, and John Collins. Um, huge recruiting wins, getting getting Crawford over hometown Georgetown, getting John Collins over hometown of Miami. And you know, yes, we spent a lot of time and effort recruiting Harry Giles, and that didn't work out. But ever since that recruiting miss, uh, think of all the positive things that have happened to the basketball program. John Collins. Uh, between obviously his own work ethic and the tutelage of Danny Manning, he turned into a first-round draft pick, um, actually went above Harry Giles in the NBA draft. He led Wake Forest to the NCAA tournament. We landed a big-time, big-time recruit in Shondi Brown, a a fringe five-star at a position of need, a, a wing who could score, can also stop. I can't wait to watch him play. And then what has Manning done to continue building the program? He followed that up with, uh, with Jalen Hoard and Sharon, Wright. I think as a six, five combo guard can again, provide a lot of versatility in the backcourt and the 2018 class looks to only get a lot better. It could easily finish top 10 nationally. So, very excited about what he's building. And then we're in a good spot with a number of talented 2019 kids. You know, not to go too far off the deep end. But this is this is what the key to, I think, recruiting at Wake Forest is. I think Manning has found a, a great niche. If he can consistently recruit players between 25 and 100, um, just get a few each year, then all of a sudden – you're going to have a lot of, of upperclassmen on the team. You're going to have experienced teams every year with, with, with talented guys being able to come in from behind. So it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, we did have one Twitter question from, from Josh, Josh Goodson on, on Twitter who does a, a great job um, in the triangle doing a lot of uh, – talking a lot about betting spreads and obviously for for recreational purposes only, how big will the NC state weight game be with Wake trying to knock state out of the college football playoff? Yeah. (laughs) obviously a ton, ton in cheek question there. NC state promises to be a very good team, but uh, we'll be interested to have a big test starting, starting against South Carolina. uh, And then obviously have to play Louisville, Florida state and, and Clemson. So we'll, We'll see how that goes. I, I do not expect Wake to win that one, uh, but that could be a great atmosphere because Wake is might be fighting for their for their bull berth at that time. But about out of time. Uh, thank you guys for, for putting up with the one voice today. Uh, not quite sure exactly what our Labor Day plans will be for our schedule with World of Quadcast, but we will get that out there. Um, thanks, as always, for listening uh, to our podcast and for reading Blogger's so Dear. Um, We love you guys. Looking forward to a great football game on Thursday afternoon. Go Deeks.